Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Steinhoffel. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, pew, pew, pew. two buddies talking about cinema. That is us. This is Cinnabuds. I'm 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today, we are talking about Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, to do it. I don't mind it. you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. Midsummer is the second full-length feature from the tortured mind of Ari Aster. The, his previous movie was Hereditary, which we saw and reviewed last year. And this is Midsummer. You want to give me a plot rundown? Gay Polly. It is referred to as folk horror, hmm. which is an interesting subgenre. Uh, about a woman who has experienced intense tragedy in her life. She has a not-so-supportive boyfriend who's planning a trip to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, as she's trying to get over this tragedy in her life, she goes with her boyfriend and her friends to this sort of uh, folk festival in a small village in Sweden, and that folk festival goes bananas. Pagan, ritualistic cults. Yeah. And so it it has this cult aspect of it, mm-hmm. and it um, has scary parts. Yeah, scary parts is key, because it's not really as scary as you think. It's I They call it folk horror, but... Is it really that scary? It Sh- freaks me out. Freaks out. Freak out. For sure. Freak um, freak. So what's your hot take? <laughs> um, super conflicted. Okay. I liked many, many things about this movie. Yeah. But ultimately, the things I didn't like kind of ruined the film for me. Really? Yeah. Did you, lo- did you love it? I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I liked it because I am a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am frightened by many things. Yeah. And this wasn't as, you know, like seeing Hereditary was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. And so I was ready to be, you right. know, scared into yeah. not seeing another movie or sleeping for the foreseeable future. Sure. And <laughs> this did not do that. Right. I was not like, I was not scared out of my mind, but it had a lot of, things that were scary yeah, in it but right. that wasn't that wasn't the point of it the point Probably, of the movie yeah. was not to shock you what was the thing that let's do number one and in the longer version we'll we'll go into yeah I many issues I many and thoughts. thoughts but give me like the number one thing. we'll also talk about the film yeah because my issues are really going to take up most of our time okay i have a lot of them <laughs> okay so get let's get let's get chief issue out of the way uh my issue was with the main character danny and they kind of set her up in a seemingly kind of stereotypical manner for this relationship between the boyfriend and her. And I kind of thought that her journey would be very different than what it was. And at the end, I was left feeling like her journey seemed too stereotypical up to a point. Uh, and, it, and it kind of ruined it for me. I mean, okay. the, 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 the boyfriend's a bad character, too. Like, I get it. He's, like, not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And they set that up as well. But I just didn't like the dynamic Sounds like we got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I I liked, and we'll, we'll go into this in the longer version, 
that it was a movie about grief and it was a movie about relationships and it used all of this occult business yeah. and all this, all these symbols and this uh, very visible way of doing that to deal with having to grieve alone. Right. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kay Polly's issues. issues. Talk about the whole thing. Midsummer. I liked it. I think it's worth seeing. Love it, but I liked it. I definitely think it's worth seeing. I I may be on the wrong side of the fence on this one. All right, stick around after this, and we are going to dive into this movie. <laughs> Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film. Offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. So this whole thing started over a cup of coffee in 2014. I was meeting up with Andy Noble in River West. And Andy Noble is this deep Milwaukee historian. He has dug through every attic basement and garage in Milwaukee over the past couple decades, digging around for rare 45s printed in the late 1970s. He is a character. And he said something about this band that recorded Milwaukee's first hip hop song. I wrote that down at the bottom of the page. Milwaukee's first hip hop song. I like that idea. Everything about it. I wanted to know more. And so that started Backspin, the search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song, a podcast from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, coming July 15th. Support for Cinebuzz comes from your membership and Steinhoffel's Furniture, fourth-generation family-owned furniture and mattress retailer serving southeastern Wisconsin since 1934. Steinhoffel's offers leather and upholstery, dining, and bedroom furniture, plus fireplaces and mattresses. Online shopping at steinhoffels.com. And we're back. Ooh. All right, I feel like we got a lot to talk about, too. So um, I was thinking in the long version we'd go like Midsummer verse Hereditary, but... Yeah. It sounds like you've got a lot got of a lot issues of to talk about. Feelings. So let's let's do it. So we're we're gonna go full blown spoily edition. Yeah. So we're we're gonna break this down yeah. from from beginning to end. So your let's talk about chief main issue number one. Yeah. So I just the beginning. She her so again we've we've said spoiler. This is all spoilers now. So. Brace yeah. yourselves. Yeah. At the beginning, her family dies in this real intense, tragic way, and her sister and her parents. I love that scene, to be honest. It's very disturbing. Oh, yeah. It was sure. elaborate. I was like, what an it elaborate way to do it. Very elaborate. It was very visual. Yeah. It was, so I think I thought, they did a good job with yeah. that. And we're, I get, we're with we're with each other yeah. here. So far, so good. Uh, so far, so good. Whole family dies. <laughs> Whole family dies. <laughs> love it. And I understand they have to set her character up to be like, oh, I just got hit with the biggest thing that could happen to me. And so that'll affect her. Her and and later on, you, you, she's in this death cult uh, scenario, and so there's there's references to what her f- to her family dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that beginning scene of her family dying was as necessary for the rest of the movie. It wasn't as connected to the rest of the movie to me. Like if you need to set up a character for like, oh, I've had this grief, but they did it in such an elaborate way that it felt like that was kind of unnecessary to connect her character to the rest of the film. 
I thought that it was central to the rest of the film because, to me, the entire movie is about grief. Right. It's about her grieving with this and having to do it completely and utterly alone. Yes. Her family dies. Her mom and dad and her sister, the three people that were the closest to her, Mm -hmm. they all die. And so she can't go to them to grieve. So the one person she has in her life is this boyfriend. And... uh, he is kind of like kind of half out of the relationship yeah. to begin with. And so it is also about this relationship that, that, that they have with each other where she needs a lot more out of him than he he's, needs he's got out a of foot, her. A foot, foot and he's got a foot out the door, yeah. but she needs him yeah. because he is the only person right. which with to grieve. And then they go to like this fucked up pagan cult yeah. and they all grieve together. Yeah. And I, I felt like, you know, in in no way in my life would I want to be part of this cult. Eh, but like the way that they that they handle things <laughs> together and they like they go through all these emotions together. Yeah. When she is crying, yeah. there is literally a group of five women around her breathing with her, right. doing the breath. When they are having an orgasm, they do that together. Right. They do all of these things together and it offered this counterpoint and this balance to the fact that she had to do all these yeah. things completely alone. I agree a hundred percent. The only thing is like the beginning of the film that the tragedy that they set up takes about 10, 15 minutes of the film. Sure. So it's a real intense, real, like I, we said, very oh, visually yeah. upsetting. I'm just not sure. And again, I'm not a, I, like, I love that part of the film. So yeah. it's not that it was upsetting. I thought it was unnecessary. Like, Oh, you've gone too far. Nothing like that. It just, it was seemed so important at the beginning that that happened in this way and with her, you know, her sister and the note and her guilt mm-hmm. that I thought it was going to have. I mean, the theme of it. Yeah. The fact that she loses it. But that could be set up in like four minutes. Like, sure. Well, she gets a phone call. This all this stuff has happened, you know, but the, the, in, the, the beginning was a little drawn out is your issue. It's just that it, I, say it's a little, I wanted a little I, small. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that it was just like uh, it was like the import was so big mm. that I thought that more specific bits of the beginning was going to connect to the rest of the film. And what it was, it was just like, Oh, she's lost everyone. And that is going to inform how she deals with this. Mm. And so I was like, that seems more important at the beginning than it was in the rest of the film. Okay. But that's not even my main problem. Main problem was she's set up as this broken hysterical in quotes, kind of the stereotypical hysterical woman and this boyfriend who's already we've already established is not a good guy but he's like once out they make some very brief economical reference to his friend goes maybe you'll get a girlfriend who actually likes sex i really hated that line i really i really hated that line in that character like i i do i hear what you're saying here because it was like there is this scene at the beginning that i really wish that they would have just like reshot or redone where you know her sister is telling her that she's going to commit suicide which must yeah. be a recurring thing. They right. talk about that it being a thing and it's hard to not take that seriously every time when it's your sister. Right. But also like her um her boyfriend is dealing with this every time and dealing with it poorly and not being super supportive right. of that and is telling her essentially that she has to get over it and it's a, it's got to be a tough situation for both of them. Yeah. And she is like calling her friend kind of like hysterical and uh, uh, being like and is worried about him breaking up with her. Right. And then it cuts to him with his group of guys. And the first thing that his friend says is like, maybe you should have a girlfriend that actually wants to have sex. Right. I 
did not love that. Yeah. That, that like girls are super emotional right. and guys just want sex. Yeah. Really, really did not like that because I, th- I felt yeah. like it was a nuanced emotional moment that happens in relationships sure. where like somebody in the relationship is going through heavy trauma and a lot of emotion and, uh, there's another person that, you know, doesn't want to deal with it right. or is like having difficulty dealing with it. Um, and so it's like, that's an idea that they can play with. Yeah. You know, like that's a thing that happens in relationships. Mm-hmm. And like from the beginning, it was like, this couple should just break up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See, and that's the things that first part, that first setup of these characters yeah. is was key to me being disappointed in some of the story and the, and the characters. Yeah. Because I, they never... Until the very end, they never come back from that. So the they whole don't. time she's yeah, yeah. even before the tragedy, she's like, "I don't want to break up with me," and and she says to him like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, she's apologizing constantly to him because right. she wants to keep him. Afterwards, more so because obviously she's alone. Right. But then when they get when they go to Sweden, they're like, "We're gonna take drugs." Oh, I don't want to take him yet. Oh, I won't take him either. Right. Oh, I guess I will. Then she gives in because yes. she wants to be one of you know be appreciated. And the entire time that's happening. And I keep waiting for her to just go, wait, just slowly discover, like, this guy is not supportive. And understandably, the the key is this community is supportive, and that's right. why I'm more susceptible to be in that. I love that theme. I just hated the way they got there. It made us I, – I felt like it made audiences feel like that stereotype of that of that her character was like, oh, it was okay because she, she got him in the end, just like for the last second. And I had a friend who said it would have been really interesting if the genders were reversed in these characters. Totally. Like, yeah. It would yes. Have been fat, more fascinating. Oh, would have loved that. With just those, I, that relationship. Yeah. For real, would have would have loved that. But I think that they set that up in the beginning to be like, you know, what does she see in this guy? He yeah, no, is sure. offering nothing, but it's like, but then they get into it and it's like, they've been in this relationship for three years. And uh, I feel like it, it did an effective job of like showing a relationship that has fallen apart and that these two yeah. can't get out of. And they just kind of like, they both want the relationship to go on to just kind of seemingly because it's gone on. Yeah. And so like they do the things that you do in relationships when yeah. you just like want it to go on, but it's clearly over. And they yeah. like, they kind of both can't escape the re- this relationship that isn't working for either of them. Yeah. And that's interesting because I was talking to some of my coworkers who saw it and like some of the women, they're like, this is very relatable. Mm-hmm. This is I, like, I, it's a relatable scenario. Right. Here's my thing with film lately as I've been thinking about is relatable enough? Relatable. Sure. I think it's easy to do relatable. Right. Because we all have these experiences. I'll just take one of these experiences. We have a complicated or kind of edgier movie like Midsummer. I don't want to be completely everything to be completely relatable. I want some interesting like a uh, change in the dynamic, mm-hmm. like not something like, yeah, he's the guy, he's a bad boyfriend. She's in a bad place. This is how this is going to go. Very predictable as far as that relationship goes and what is probably inevitably going to happen to one of them. But so I think that just, that threw me for the, for most of the movie mm-hmm. that, and then there was just a thing where like the ritual, which is all fascinating, all the rituals and how they get more and more grotesque and crazy. Yeah. I just felt like that went on too long. I yeah. loved them all. They were all very interesting and messed up. But there was just, it seemed to rely, the bulk of the film, which is two hours and 20 minutes, the bulk of the film, like, just, and here's another ritual, and here's another one, and here's, like, another one that's also kind of weird, and and let's all, you know, let's freak, freak us out. So I think just those two things, essentially, those were big for me. 
But the rest of the movie, that's why I got hung up on this. Who knew we were going to talk about relationships for most of this podcast? I did, but, <laughs> because that's what the whole movie is about. <laughs> it's a, they did say, he, Ari Aster did say it's a breakup movie. It totally is. But the rest of the aspects of this movie I liked so much. The art, the photography, yeah. the costumes, the music, all of it. I loved so much. And then there was just a couple big, big important things that kind of overshadowed it for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that it effectively showed why that relationship wasn't working. Yeah. You know, it was just like they were both bad too. Right. You know, and she, and she was very supportive of like all the things that like he is obviously like pulling away and she's doing all the things that you do when you're in a relationship and someone is pulling away, yeah. you know? And it's like, so I feel like I really like felt for it in these moments. Right. And, uh, but I like, I felt for, for, you know, for both of them and just like this relationship as a whole, I just like, like movies that are about relationships sure. because I've been in a million and they're tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's do Midsummer vs. Hereditary yeah. because I, I feel like they're going in, you are going to compare the two because sure. it is Ari Aster's, his two movies. Right. Um, what did you think of? I mean, I definitely liked, I liked Hereditary better. Overall, I liked it better. Yeah. It was definitely, definitely, I agree, very scary, like a genuinely scary movie rather than like, this is pop out or it's just sort of creepy. That's a scary movie, Hereditary. Mm -hmm. Um, Midsummer wasn't scary to me. It was more shocking and disturbing. It had moments of like, you know, creepy and there's like moments of scariness in it. Yeah, but oh, I don't. But you're right. I don't think it was intended to be like totally scary. It was more like supposed to be like uh, psychologically disturbing. Yeah, and, and the, there's body horror. There's a lot of gore, and so he he has those elements and creepy kind of folk horror stuff. So it was probably not the same intent. Mm. Um, I do think it looked better than Hereditary. Hereditary still looked good, but I think visually and all the all the kind of like art stuff, all the costume settings. I love Midsummer more. Yeah. But the story and the general effect, I like Hereditary better. Hereditary like dealt in like the dark and the scary yeah. and uh, like summoning demons yeah. from the witchcraft. witchcraft. And it, it was like a scary movie that was about scary stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's easy to like play in that sandbox right. of darkness and to make something scary. And Midsummer tried to make something scary in using all the opposite elements, all those things that we don't see as scary, out in the daylight, yeah. things that are white, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like Scandinavia. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So not, like, I've never been scared of Sweden in my life. No. And so, so, good job. Yeah, and so it really went for making something that was scary out of all the things that we see as being right. pure and uh, happy yeah. and good. Yeah, daytime. And, yeah, and so I was like, it's a very ambitious idea to to do that. And uh, I felt that it did make those things uh-huh. that it, it like it gave them an edge. I like that none there was like no scary thing happened at night. It was they were like at ten yeah. o'clock at night and it was like, Oh, it's still bright outside. Yeah, there and was, so it was like stuff all this that happened in the darkness, but it was like shadows from daytime. Like yeah, when yeah. they're in that uh they're in that uh building they're not supposed to be in with the and with the book. Yeah. Like it's dark in there, but you see shafts of light because it is daytime. And that's an interesting way to do that. If you Airbnb that locale with those buildings, (laughs) 
I don't care what happened there. I'll still take you up on it. I'll go. The buildings? The buildings were great. I'm like, when are they going to come out with that midsummer clothing line? Yeah. I was like, these white linens? Loose. Oh, I'll wear, yeah, I'll wear a cone made of flowers. <laughs> oh, man. That was the, the mo- that was beautiful. Like the it was flowers weird and beautiful. It was creepy and yet made of flowers. That's the weird. That's a success. The costumes and and all the stuff. The costumes, the design, that like all of the art direction was absolutely stunning and amazing. And Air B and B that those <laughs> yes. buildings. I will stay there. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I definitely think it's worth watching, and everyone's talking about it right now. Um, most of the people I saw, I talked to really liked it. I think I just had a, a, a bit of an issue with it, but yeah. still, I think it's a really interesting accomplishment and I'm still fascinated to see what else he does in the future. Yeah, me too. It, it, it's, it was fun going into this movie and being like, we're at the beginning of this director, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. hereditary was amazing. I was like this was such an anticipated movie for me because you are in the next step of this director's, what will be like his entire career. And so it was fun to be on the next step. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, I am, you know, I am looking forward to the next step as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Midsummer, let us know on our Facebook pages, what you think. And, um, yeah, next week, Toy Story 4. Yeah. <laughs> Brace yourself for that one. All right. Thanks for listening. Cinebuds is edited by the one and only DJ Kenny Perez. There's only one of him that's a fact. Our theme song is from walking musician Brett Newski. Oh, the news. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the license lab. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we get support from Steinhoffel's Furniture and Associated Bank. Oh, that's so nice. You know what? Jordan wrote that line, handcrafted sonic inspiration. Did and it was just like, what is this? It line? sounds, I don't care what it means. It sounds wonderful. It means that the license lab lets us use their archive of sounds that you hear under the, like, throughout this podcast. Uh, now it's ruined for me. <laughs> I like the illusion. And uh, um, what else? We get support from our members from Milwaukee oh, yeah. Film and 889 Radio Milwaukee. Thank you, Thank everybody. You for that. And thanks for listening to Cinema Buds.